is NAB Show Live. Welcome back. I'm Brian Seth Hurst here at NAB Show Live in the grand lobby of Central Hall. I'm your immersive guy, and we're trying to cover over the next few days every aspect of immersive technology production and distribution. So our particular segment today, and we may have a last minute panelist running on stage, I hope. Everybody's busy at NAB. Our topic today is XR production technology explained. And let me explain why we use XR. Because we have VR, virtual reality, augmented reality, that would be AR, MR, which is mixed reality, and so we just put them all under the term of, of XR. And um, when I think of what just the X meant in the 80s, and now it's in front and after everything, your iPhone X, your XR technology, you know, I don't know how you're going to distinguish what children should not watch anymore. So, so we have Brad Wires from Unity Technologies. We have Andy Cochran, one of my favorite directors. And we have Travis Cook, head of production from Riot. And hopefully we'll have Jenny Cook joining us from Dreamscape. But what I want to talk about today is what it takes. You know, there are so... NAB is about production. It's about sound, it's about image capture, it's about workflow. But those things, in, in our case, many of them aren't automated. And our post-production process is getting better, but it's definitely not the easiest. Um, it used to be that a third of your budget was gonna be spent in post-production. So I wanna go and explain for um, our viewers actually the different methods of technology and workflow that you all use and actually how Unity supports those technologies. I've had some great conversations with Unity about the future. Um, and I can talk about Cinecast and I can talk about Cinemachine. We won't be talking about it today, but go look for it. Look at it. It, it, it's revolutionary, and the fact that you can have these virtual cameras in the same switcher system as you have your live cameras is like, you know, for me it's the holy grail for some of the stuff that I would like to do as a producer. So I'm gonna start with you, Travis. Um, you've got quite the production output at Riot, different cameras, you're head of production. What do you look at in terms of the technology and how you match what you're using in the entire value chain for any specific project? Well, it's really important to know where the actual finished asset or video or whatever it is, where it's going to live. Is this something that is AR? Is this something that's, that's VR? Is this headset-based? Is it a 360 video that is going to live just on YouTube? And then you have to sort of reverse engineer from there. As we've kind of started in 360 video and then expanded to that sort of full XR umbrella, um, the thing that has been especially sort of challenging is that the post-production aspect of it has ballooned, and not in a, in a bad way. It just means that like, actually a lot of the, your sort of the, the work that you do, when it was just 360 video, you would shoot and edit and export just like you would your sort of typical linear content. But now you can take in that footage and you can take it into Unity and you can uh, work with it there to add interactivity. Um, or you're figuring out, like, you know, sort of what headset is going to be the sort of best place for it. Um, so it's, 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 but it if, keeps you're, growing. if you're distributing across multiple yeah. platforms and multiple headsets, like Joanna Popper was here from HP, they have a new headset, it's got better resolution. Um, 
you know, all of these things, the, the, the beginning and end game mm -hmm. actually inform everything that comes in the middle and everything that has to be fixed. Yeah, and then it's also what are, where are you going to get the most number of eyeballs? You know, okay. you, can, you can build something sort of for a headset, but oftentimes it maybe it is that sort of, that Unity camera, that export of an interactive experience where you can do a, a sort of linear version of an immersive project and that ends up sort of being something that gets the most eyeballs. Maybe it's not how the project was intended, but you know, there are sort of different ways to sort of pull well, they're not, out. Well, I can't remember the millions that aren't of headsets that aren't in the field. Yeah. And people are having the opportunity to experience stuff in location-based entertainment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm producing live and people, even though we're producing live and stereoscopic and posting in stereoscopic, most people can access that live through their mobile phones or their tablets. And we're yeah. talking about a live concert. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're going to watch it, even though it's the intention. Yeah. And, and live, completely different animal. But the fixes and the tweaks and all those things that you need to do and the choices that you make, and you have Unity, you have Adobe, you have tools yeah. from Metal that are now on Adobe, mm -hmm. and you have, but to what extent is automation available now where it wasn't before? Oh, huge, huge amounts of automation. I mean, at least for 360 video, all of the stitching, that's all automated now. My first job in sort of in the field was, was doing stitching of, of three, and that, that job doesn't exist anymore. So you, it's, it's you always- don't need, You still need to babysit a little bit though, <laughs> don't you? That's true. That's true, but the tools just get a little bit more complicated, I think, to sort of do some of that cleanup and sort of working with those assets. Now, so much of everything is actually really shifting towards just uh, fully being sort of all of your 3D assets. So whether you're talking about motion capture, volumetric capture, photogrammetry, all of these things, the actual sort of assets that you're working with have changed, and because things change so much, it feels like we're always kind of in a beta mode, mm -hmm. and you're always, you know, the 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 joke that we always say is like, okay, that's great, we're gonna make something. We're still gonna spend 80% of our time troubleshooting, even though we're making you know, really great content. And it is really common. I mean, uh, that, that troubleshooting, that also coming up with, and jerry-rigging still happens, and coming up with a tech solution that didn't exist. And um, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to contemplate this for the last question is, what do you wish you had that you don't? So keep that in mind. Jeez. So moving on to Andy. Um, so I have to say, I'm, you know, welcome Jennifer Cook from Dreamscape. I'm like, Brian, I'm just Welcome, Jennifer Cook from Dreamscape. So we're just getting to Andy Cochran. Did you get your mic? <laughs> Speaking of on the fly. Um, so I have to say part, part of my pet peeve is that there's not enough great content out there. And you invited me to see 100% which is really, I've got to say, first of all, just as a story, it's amazing, and story always comes first, but in volumetric, mm -hmm. this was the first piece that I saw in volumetric that blew me away, and I thought, now, here's the proper use of the medium. Entirely different production tools, yep. yes, no? Absolutely, yeah, so the, the project, it's called The 100%, um, it's a volumetric experience, it's telling the life story of a ballerina who got cancer, um, you're sort of in the middle of a performance of her life story. Um, it's interactive. Uh, it premieres at Tribeca in a couple weeks, so then everyone will, will know about it. Brian has been able to see it, and you're, uh, we're, 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 
more than more than honored by your your feedback. Well, you know, it takes a lot for me to say, "Hey, that's better than what I did." (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, but I mean, it it means a lot, and and it validates what we've. I mean, we shot back in August, or we captured back in August, so we've been sitting on this thing for over six months in terms of refining it. But you, you, what was it that enabled you, from a production standpoint? I, I have to say, you nailed volumetric. I mean, I didn't see anything that I didn't see artifacts, I didn't see, I, it moved me through so beautifully, I didn't get nauseous, I didn't get sick. I, you know, by the time I got out of the headset, I was in tears. Yeah. So, as, as for someone who's in the industry, who's totally wrapped by the story and not looking for mistakes or errors, I mean, which is what we do. Yeah. Uh, what was different about that? What did you have to innovate to do that? So. I, we can't take credit for, I mean, Microsoft and MetaStage definitely deserve the credit for, you know, Microsoft for eight years of R&D, MetaStage for kind of getting the infrastructure together to bring one of these Microsoft stages to LA and running it. Um, I think what, what we can and, and will take credit for is the tools that took, as I said, eight years to kind of get to, out of the lab and into production. Um, we. I, I think we, we did take some big risks in terms of lighting. It's not completely flat diffuse lit. We actually had a key, we had a key fill ratio. We did a lot of uh, prep work and pre-vising and planning to figure out um, our key was too big to move. And so the performances, all performances on a Microsoft stage are in an eight foot circle. And if a finger goes out of that eight feet, it disappears. So you're really, uh, really constrained into that circle. So we had to choreograph all of these different performances to be inside of an eight foot circle but then also have an understanding of where they would be relative to the viewer, as well as what that meant in terms of the key light, um, because all of the lighting that you see that's matched to the volumetrics is all in unity after the fact. And so, um, I, we didn't make the tools, but I, I am very proud with how we use them. And, and I think that uh, on, on set, when we were capturing and, and throughout this six month post process, um, We've, those of us that were sort of doing any kind of production work in 2008 when the Red One came out, we've just been saying over and over, this is like when the Red One came out, where all of us digital folks that have been stuck with DVXs and you know v- XL1s and you know and FireWire, now we have a real camera, but it's going to overheat. Don't look, yep. you know, you're probably going to lose a drive. Uh, the fans are going to kick in mid-take. If the leaves blow, the compressor is going to get overloaded, and your and your entire you know take is going to get destroyed. But we are at day one of now. Look at what we've got. I mean, our cell phones are 4K. And, and I think you know, just and, to your credit, um, it's one thing to have the tools. It's another thing. I I call it an intimacy. It's another thing to be so intimate with those tools that you know where you can push, and also to have that technical collaboration to say to either the camera maker or to Unity, listen, here's what we're trying to do. We need the support in this area to come up with the image that we, the capture the image. Yeah. I'll I just go back to how essential the, the story is and the way it was told. It's, it's something to look for. It's just beautifully done. Thank you. Um, Jenny, just to bring you up to speed. I'm here. We're actually talking about uh, production technology okay. and what's available. Yeah. So the fact that You've got to match your camera to your to what you're shooting. Not all cameras work and do all things. Then you got to get into post. Some things are automated. Some things are not automated. Some things have to be babysat. Some things you can trust. Some things you can push till it breaks and hope it doesn't. So that's kind of what. And when I get to you, we're going to discuss all that in, in location-based entertainment. <laughs> but I, I want to go to Brad to talk about 
um, and how you got here. Um, part of what I'm working on right now is a, a, spec, a redefined spectator experience for live esports. So yeah. I was talking to your colleague, Adam Mayhill, and I was completely blown away. I knew you guys were working on something. I called Tony Parisi and said, I know you're doing this. <laughs> because um, the, the thing I love about Unity is that you are there for storytellers. You totally support storytellers. You're completely collaborative. It isn't just like, oh, here's the tools. It's like, here's the tools. We're going to show you how to use them. By the way, give us your feedback so that we can actually refine those tools. So it's like, it reminds me of John Deere, because John Deere, you're laughing. John Deere, when he first went to the Midwest, he went there because the plows kept breaking because the sod was so big. So he started this tradition of going out into the field and talking to the farmers, and John Deere still does that today to make that farm machinery serve the needs of the farmer. And that's exactly what Unity does with the needs of the storyteller. So I'd, I'd like to, to ask you what, how that support looks, what's available to storytellers, and even what might be on the drawing board right now that will make things a little easier for us. Yeah, I'll get to that, but one of the, I think it's, it's interesting that you brought up that sort of interaction, and I'm glad I didn't actually know I'd be on this panel with, with Andrew, <laughs> but this is a perfect example. So I think we've been in touch for probably three or four years. Um, I yep. met Andrew at, at one of his studios back in the day. And uh, ever since then, we've been in touch. So Andrew will send me an email and say, hey man, like, it, it's really hard to do this. Yeah. Like, if, if you just do this, this, and this, it will make our lives so much better. And Andrew's the expert. Andrew's the director. He's the creator. He's out there, he's who we're building our product for. And so I immediately go to the engineering teams and I'm like, listen, like we, you know, we could do product research all day long, we could futz around with the tech on our side or, or pretend that we're the experts, or if we do these three things and he's given us, he's actually you know, <laughs> sent me gigs of content to be like, hey, if you test on this and it works, then I'm good to go. And uh, you know, explains in detail like, hey man, this will save me like 200 hours of my life if we can just do that. So it's like, yeah. okay, let's do it. And so like, there's, there's, a, there's a few aspects that you know, myself and Unity will focus on when we're thinking about this sort of thing. Like, okay, so there are, there are tons of different platforms out there for delivery, right? There are tons of different ways to capture content. And no matter what, you're gonna have constraints and you're gonna have some issues. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, there's gonna be some pioneering. You know, there's gonna be some of the, the pioneer's blood, right? Like, you know, if you're on the frontier, things are going to be hard to figure out. There's going to be, you know, you're using alpha hardware, alpha software, and, you know, and a million hacks in between. So, you know, where I think Unity shines is, is trying to take all that and paper over it as much as possible. Some things you're, you're not going to be able to get away with, but at least the core tools that you have already learned how to use, you can then take and employ, and you can hire people and say, hey, you know, Unity, that's good enough we'll figure out this, this last step together so you have access to that. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, having, it's, it's paper, papering over these platforms as much of the, the difference as we can and making sure that you can use the tools from your last project or VR across to AR, to, across the volumetric capture. Um, having access to that talent and being developer first and also making sure that you know, when you have assets or you build tools that you, those actually have equity in the long term. So in some cases, yeah, we're, we're working on you know, really cool features, like you mentioned Cinecast and things that we're gonna unlock in the future, but I never wanna lose sight of this you know, less visible, less sexy layer, which is, which is this, this hard work of saying, okay, what's, what's common between these VR platforms and how can we hide some of that complexity or make it invisible to the creator so that they can go on and get ahead with doing what they actually wanna do, which is you know, make great content. 
you talked about how um, at the beginning how you know there's there's just not enough content out there for um, you know for, for people to consume and for these platforms to really great talk. content. There's a lot great of content, content out okay, there, great, great, <laughs> but like superb exactly. content that people go. There's a reason to be in this headset. Right, and I never think about it. I, I never think you know there's not enough content or there's not enough great content. I always think there's not enough creators and there's not enough great creators here, right? And so everything we can do to unlock those creators and get more of them in, whether that's by lowering the barrier to entry or making iteration easier, allowing for different workflows. Some directors might want to bring their whole production crew from a film and some might say, you know what, I've spent my entire life waiting for post, waiting for you know, the VFX shots, waiting for layout, waiting for everything, and I just want to do it myself, as much of it as I can. And so I want to say, hey, here's the tools, get going and let, let, me, know if it's, let me know how it's working. You know, we had the first folks from AR Wall here yesterday, which is kind of a replacement for green screen, and they're all about the bringing back on set collaboration so that people don't, all the teams aren't alienated. And, and it's interesting to watch right now. We're re although we're in a new frontier and it's a new model, we really are looking back to look forward, which is the communications between the team the ability for everyone to understand the workflow and to be able to enter at any point in that workflow and understand instead of being isolated all over the place. And then the other thing I wanted to say was this, this interesting merger that's been happening for years between story and narrative, the game and story, and, and, mm -hmm. and how much the, the industries are kind of symbiotic. Yeah. And, and the ability to just be able to have folks like you enable our imaginations and for us to be able to come back and say, can you do this, you know? Yeah, that, I was that, just that, talking to Nancy, we're doing a new project in AR and for me, very steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, you know, I kind of think if it's an advantage that I didn't know anything, because now I can talk to the tech people and say, here's what I imagine, can we do that? And it's folks like Unity that actually enable that and make it come true, so. Mm -hmm. Jenny, welcome back. <laughs> a lot of changes from last year to this year. Yeah, I, I can talk about stuff this year. Yes, you could talk about stuff this Save year. <laughs> so in terms of, this is location-based, and we can just talk a little bit about Dreamscape and then talk about how production works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dreamscape, for anybody who doesn't know it, is a location-based VR. We are all about immersive storytelling. So we have opened up our flagship store in Los Angeles at Westfield Century City, and then we'll be opening up more around the country. We offer three shows at the moment. The Blue, we are now calling it The Curse of the Lost Pearl, and uh, Alien Zoo. And our whole focus, we're filmmakers. The majority of us come from filmmaking. Even our dev team, our programmers, and artists all come with that passion for making really good content in film. So that's our first focus right there. Tools like Unity, our production process, all support making really good stories. And it, I love, you know, we love Unity. We use it. We love the support we get from them. When yes, and quick, quick plug. I, I went to see Dreamscape. I was invited to go and check it out. And uh, I went afterwards with, with some of the people I went, and I was like, you know what? That was the best VR experience that I've had. And then I was like, actually, and you know, I've got some life to go yet, but I was like, actually, that was one of the best experiences I've had, period. Nice. So. I love that. Thank yeah. you so well, your work is done, uh, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I show up? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we really, we, we don't just throw you in a show and call it a day. We actually work really hard with our operations team, our store team, everybody from the start to the end to make sure that the guest experience is a journey and it's not just go in, put the headset on, and then turn, you know, turn the program on and run it. It's 
really about the flow. It's managing the guests before and after and trying to capture that. We're going to still continue, continue to build out and extend our worlds that way. But, um, but like I said, we use Unity. We love it because they can't, there's a lot within that tool set that we can push, and we do push it to boundaries in the way we're make, using it in ways that even Unity says, yeah, you're doing some new things, then we're going to be with you right along the side helping you. They came in and did some project reviews. So things we thought were smart, they showed us how to be smarter, which is great. Um, you asked about our production process. We develop everything creatively in-house. We have a really strong hand, even if it's a co-production. And then we have a really, really smart dev team that gray boxes and pre-visits. And they get the whole thing right. They get the layout right. They figure out how to move the guests from point A to point B. They figure out the flow of the story. They figure out the haptics, the physical haptics um, that are going to accompany the story and support that emotional journey that we're taking you on. And then we send it out to developers, and we work with multiple developers that work on each project. They send it back in. We share the builds back and forth. And then we start putting all the triggers and the hookups for all of our haptics in the final post-production. So in, in the difference is, when we're entering into this experience, we're entering into a story world that is not just visual, it's auditory, yeah. it is sensual, yeah. and I mean that in the... We've supported all with the, phys <laughs> yes. We've supported with the physical side. You know, smells, um, simple things like smell really help you trigger and uh, create actual memories. And so you're not just watching a show, you're actually going through an experience. And so having the floor shake, having wind, having smell, having spritz of water, or a prop you're touching is all in support of that. So I had asked, I was putting out the question earlier, what do you want to have? This is before you got here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need that you don't have? What would make production easier? What do you find yourself wishing for? Like, not just once, but a few times. Boy, if only I had this, I could do this. Oh gosh, I mean, that's tough. I think what I would, what I, I think I am really excited about is the actual sort of like the XR headsets to just to just get to where I, we know that they're going to get and where everyone just has them. Whether or so not that is... higher resolution, I mean, lighter, I fast, faster, higher! I mean, um, that would be great. I actually think the biggest thing is ease of use. Is, is the ability to sort of have anyone's sort of, you know, ant at Thanksgiving be able to put on a headset and to, to be able to just sort of work it and have it be intuitive, to not have to worry about, you know, I can't say how many times I've put someone in a, 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 an experience and like one of the, you know, something wasn't working or like it was blurry, there was like a smudge on it and they go through the whole thing without understanding that's not good. It's not the sort of right way to sort of ha have things. So I think like an ease of use, and I think they're sort of getting there, they're getting a bit more, obviously sort of out of the box, easy to use, but. I think once that happens, and then you get that sort of big user base, where you know you can have, you I think you know with like movies you can go to a theater or you can watch a movie at home, and I think like you can go to like an immersive experience, do something with your friends, or you can do something casually at home, and like there are I think a lot of sort of platforms where the stories can be told, but right now it's it's still sort of segmented, and I think like you know I think the story is still moving forward. But I think the sort of technology is is just it's like getting shoved there. Consumer technology. Consumer technology. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Director. I I echo that a little bit in terms of if you if you I hate transposing other mediums onto VR because I think that's the way to, that's the wrong way to to understand it. But it's as if we were trying to make a TV show, but every manufacturer had a different concept of what HD is, where 
LG makes a 4.5K and Panasonic's making a 3.2K and their concept of what black is is very different from their concept of what red is. And, and, and then not only that, but it's even worse, where LG in, within six months is gonna change their own definition. So we're, we're missing- Standards. We're missing standards. standards. And, and we got like less than two minutes, so. Okay, we're missing standards, but I don't want us to standardize for the sake of standardization, because then we'll end up with NTSC. We'll end up with today's decisions. Okay. We'll end up with bad decisions. Okay. Somebody tweet that out. <laughs> I want to make sure the creators don't run out of time, so Jenny, oh. go ahead. What do you wish you had that you don't? Time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, and we're going to end on that point. Touche. So, Jenny, Brad, Andy, Travis, thank you so much for being with thank us. You. Stay thank tuned you. because we're going to talk about location-based entertainment next. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm.